How well do you make availability? How good are you at setting aside time? You see, everything that you do in life requires a portion of time. Everything that you look at, everything that you participate in, everything that you think about, it's all taking time. What do you make your mind available to on the regular that's taking up time? How well do you guard your atmosphere? How often are you intentional about creating an environment that's actually beneficial to you? You see, the more that we dwell in environments that aren't good for us, and the more that we unintentionally go about life spending time in different areas, we lose out on valuable moments for growth and change. You see, if you're trying to change, oftentimes that requires you to step out of what you're currently into. Because if you no longer want to be like you currently are, you have to step out of that. The Bible tells us don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The Bible shows us that we could easily be conformed to a certain thing that we see and experience, but that there's another way that we can adapt and go for. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are involved in that process of renewing. How can my mind be changed if I constantly put the same things in front of it and if I'm constantly in the same atmosphere that formed it prior? I can't be changed until I leave that, or better yet, until I give myself an opportunity and a space to be reformed. Your mind is precious. What you see is precious. What you hear is precious. It all leads to your mind. How well you guard those outlets and vessels is crucial. You see one seed here, one seed there, one look here, one look there, one thought here, one thought there. They all increase and grow and develop. They take form and they take root in your mind. What are you being fed every single day that you don't realize? What are you willingly feeding yourself every day that isn't beneficial to you? How often do you take inventory of what's in front of you and what's coming into your mind? You see, you can't just allow anything in your headspace. You can't just dwell on any thought. You can't just look at anything because you're being developed by what you see, think, and hear. That's why Christians that become Christians and live their same lives don't change and don't look like a Christian should because they never left the atmosphere or they never put down the habits. And then people blame Jesus because the person is not acting like Jesus, but the person never gave themselves an opportunity to change. You see, Jesus calls us. He says, step out of what you're in. He says, come to me and I will show you. He shows us that he has a way, but we have to walk to him. We have free will. He's not gonna drag us along a path and change us by force. You have to want him. Every single day, you have a choice if you want to live for Jesus or not. No one forces you. And that's why the Christian life can be hard sometimes. Because in a world that is filled by attacks by the enemy, and in a world that doesn't look like holiness and like Jesus, we are constantly tempted or attacked or distracted from choosing him. So what the enemy does is he tries to put things in your face and shield you from seeing and choosing God every day. The enemy tries to distract you. He tries to influence you into anger or anxiety or depression throughout your day by different things that come up. And he does this so that you don't choose God. There's an attack on you because your life matters. There's an attack on you because you have purpose. So every single day is not a walk in the park. You have to fight and choose to live a certain way every single day. And even when you don't choose something, something is still chosen. And even when you aren't choosing, something is still choosing you. Something is still fighting for your attention every single day. We talk so much about laziness 
and how detrimental laziness is to us in our character. But laziness isn't the issue. The issue is passivity. When you are passive, not checking, not guarding, not being intentional about what you experience, where you're hanging out at, what you're listening to, what you're thinking about, that's more dangerous than anything because you are willingly allowing yourself to be formed and directed in a certain way that you have no control over. You see, I don't wake up and I'm just a happy Christian every single day who loves Jesus. I'm still a human and I just know from experiencing God and seeing how real he is and how amazing he is that he's the one I want to live for. And he has a standard and he has a way and he has guidelines and he has restrictions. And all of those things he leads me to and through in a loving manner. You see, God calls us, he corrects us, he convicts us so that we can grow and change. To identify this fight in a more simple way, everything that you experience every day is fighting for you to change. And that's not just changing in a good way. Everything that you go through, everything that you listen to, everything that you see, everything that you think about and dwell on for so long throughout the day is fighting for you to change. Your decisions are not one-time transactions. Your decisions have to be backed up with faith and intentionality. You're not hitting certain goals in your life and you're not walking a certain way, not because it's too hard, but because of your intentionality. What are you taking in and how is that affecting what you're putting out? I believe God wants to teach us so much, but we don't make ourselves available for him to actually teach us. We make time for our favorite TV shows. We make time to scroll on social media. We make time to check certain news outlets. But are we making time to check in with God? Are we making time or are we creating a space to meet with God? This doesn't always have to look the same either. You might meet with God and make time for God differently every single day, but it's about intentionality. Some of my best times with God we're not in a dark room with worship music on and being on my knees and praying and worshiping. Those weren't always my best times with God. Sometimes it comes in the middle of a busy day for 15 minutes, sitting in my car, saying nothing. And not just saying nothing, but being intentional and saying, God, I'm busy, I'm stressed, I'm anxious. Will you please fill my heart and my mind with things that you want me to learn from today? with things that you want me to know? And will you change my mind in this moment to how you want me to be thinking? And I'm telling you some of the most powerful times of transformation for me personally have come from on the fly moments where I stop and cut off that chaos and make space for God. You need to make space for God's voice in your life. He knows you better than you know you. And he certainly knows the world that he created better than you know it. So why not allow him to be your guide or at least be a voice into your situation. You have to know that God cares about you and loves you in spite of you and what you do. Not to rhyme too much, <laughs> but God really loves you. And a lot of times you don't love you or you don't see yourself a certain way or you sin and feel guilty and shameful. And so you push God back because you're dwelling in your unholiness and you're not wanting him to see it or be too close to it because you know he's holy. But how can you be changed if you don't let him in? 
That's why a lot of people run back to sinful environments and sinful patterns and habits because they sin and they know that that's not the atmosphere or the way that I should be in. So I'm going to go back to this atmosphere or this way because I know it's not good for God. And how can you ever change if that's the case? That's what the enemy wants for you. He wants you to start changing and start going towards God and then feel unworthy and then feel dirty before him and then feel broken before him and run back to those other places that supported that brokenness and supported those feelings of unworthiness. That's how we stay in patterns and cycles. Generational curse breakers and people who break cycles and patterns are not any better than you. They're just intentional and pursuing God in a way that is desperate, saying, I'll show up broken, I'll show up hurt, I'll show up in my sin, I'll show up in my pain, I'll show up with my shame, but I know you're the only way for me. There is no other way for me. And the other ways that my flesh wants keep me bound. It keeps me weighed down and anchored to a lesser lifestyle and version of myself that I no longer want to be. And Jesus is saying, come unto me all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He tells us, come unto him, and he will give us rest. He knows your struggle. He knows you're hurting. He knows you're broken. And he has a place for you in his presence. He wants to dwell with you. He wants you to experience him and reteach you and reshape you and uplift you and grow you and love on you. He doesn't want to see you broken. He is your answer. Have you ever watched someone struggle with something that you knew exactly how to figure it out and it almost frustrated you because you know how to do it and they were being stubborn and not letting you in? I can only imagine how Jesus feels being the answer to all of our problems, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, watching us struggle every single day and not making time or space for him and not choosing him, not creating time or space for him to have a say in the situation. I can only imagine how he must feel watching us consistently operate in brokenness when he could make us new and whole in his presence. It has to hurt his heart. He doesn't just have the answer, he is the answer. And I'm sorry, a lot of times us Christians steer you wrong. We put on the smiling face 24 seven and say, God is good, I'm doing okay. But to be honest, most of us are just broken people chasing a perfect God to be transformed and changed and aligned with a new lifestyle because there's a fight on our lives trying to keep us in the old lifestyle. We've seen a lot of smiling faces in the churches that go home and cry and are run with anxiety and are run with depression and are struggling with addictions. And so it's confusing to some newcomers how Christians seem to always be happy and always have it together because we don't want to misrepresent Jesus by acting like he's not enough. But that's not the way to look at it. If you're walking with Jesus, almost 10 times out of 10, you're in process. You're not going to be found or seen at the top of the mountain every single day. You might be struggling with some past emotions and built up pain in times of weakness and struggle. And that doesn't make you any less his child or any less of a Christian. And so people come and see the facade of nonstop happiness and nonstop joy. And then they back away because it's not relatable to them. And then if they really love God, they keep coming to church and they put on a facade. So you don't see that they're actually hurt and broken still too. But we have to stop that. I know there's some people who are further along 
and even myself in certain seasons have felt further along in that process, feeling more happy, more joyful, seeking God's presence multiple times a day. So I get it and I can see how some people aren't faking. God really is amazing and his presence charges our beings up like no other. There's something about his love and his presence and his joy and his peace that can just do something that this world could never do. Jesus even told us, peace I give you and peace I leave with you, but not as the world can give to you. So there's truth to it. But way more often than not, we are all struggling and still trying to press on and press forward towards healing and towards transformation and towards growth in him. So we have to do a better job of being real and understanding that we're human and he's God, that we may struggle, but he's the answer, that we might not have it all together every day because we're unlearning certain things and we're breaking off certain things, but that doesn't actually mean something is wrong with us. If anything, something is very right with you because you're being intentional about something in your life that doesn't need to be there, rather than passively letting it hang around and occupy space that it has no business occupying. You have to be a guardian of the space and the mind that God has given you. A lot of times you're overtaken or stressed or disappointed with yourself because of situations that you are allowing into your life. You have to cut it off at its root, the things that don't serve you, the things that are burdening you. You have to see, as our culture is saying so much right now, the red flags. Oh, I said I was going to do this today and I didn't do it because this got in the way. Well, how many times does that consistently get in the way? That might be a red flag. I told myself I would stop seeing this person because they treated me and saw me this way, but they just hit me up and I'm still seeing them. That would be a, say it with me, red flag. <laughs> oh, this old addiction only comes back and gets me when I do this or this. That is a red flag. You have to identify your current patterns, your current habits, and your current intake, and you have to figure out, is that serving you? Is that beneficial to you? And is that leading you to Jesus? if Jesus is what you want. If you identify it, you can have power over it. But the things that have power over you are the things that you just don't deal with and leave to reign in your life. We have to get serious about what is remaining and reigning in our lives. And we have to understand how precious the ground is that those things are dominating. If you have unhealthy habits or damaging habits in your life, identify them and then overcome them with the one who understands everything. You can't be stopped when your surrender is on 10. You can't be stopped when you put Jesus at the forefront. You can't be stopped when you make it your goal to follow God and to cultivate an atmosphere and a life culture that bends towards him at all times. And circling back to that facade versus real perspective on certain Christians, this helps me think of that when I was at my highest I had God time every morning. I would get up at 6.30 and I would pray and then I would listen to worship music and I would worship and then I would spend time on my piano and after that I would journal and then I would go about my day. I would work out and I would eat healthier and then I would go to work, whatever I had to work on that day. And when I got home, I realized that the atmospheres I was in weren't always beneficial to who I am. So I would be still before I would come home and watch shows and get on my phone, I would lay down and I would just be still. I wouldn't do or say anything. I would just lay there and let God speak to me. 
taking inventory on all of the things that I encountered that day, some damaging, some tempting, and I would bring that before God and say, I don't want these things. And I would reject those things from my thoughts. And I would allow God's truth to transform me. And then whatever else I did that night after working or eating or hanging out with friends, before I would go to sleep, the last thing I put in my mind was scripture. I would read one chapter of the Bible before I went to sleep. I was not any less human in that season of my life. I was not any less broken or hurting in certain areas in that season of my life, but I was making God a priority in creating an environment and a life that exalted Him and His ways and Him and His wisdom and Him and His understanding and His love over mine. And as I did that, I became more transformed. And as I did that, I found out more about myself than ever before. And in that process of finding out myself, I found out more about what I struggled with and what I wasn't good at so I could actively start pursuing change in those areas. It tells us to seek first the kingdom of God for a reason. And it says wide is the gate that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life for a reason. It is because there is a fight on your life because you are precious and from God and made in his image and we are in a world with an enemy that is fighting us to see that. You are so valuable to God and I just encourage you to get in his presence and allow him to show you that. I love you guys. Reach out to me anytime. I am rooting for you and in your corner and as your brother in this fight, I'm going to say right now, you're going to make it. You will not be overcome in Jesus' name. God has a plan for you, and you can change, and you will change. And it may not be as fast as everyone else, but if you are intentional, the change will be also. Take care.